0: The topic of our Dhamma Talk this evening is uh, Anicca and its contemplation. In other words, impermanence and the contemplation of it. To start with a well-known saying, namely, nothing endures but change. And another related and saying by the same person is, "You could not step twice into the same rivers, for other waters are ever flowing onto you." Who made these statements? Heraclitus. Heraclite. The Greek philosopher Heraclitus, who um, lived approximately from 540 BC to 480 BC, he was born in Ephesus. At the time, an ancient Greek city in Asia Minor, in what is today Turkey. Because of the loneliness of his sudden life, and the obscurity of his philosophy, he has been called the dark philosopher, or the weeping philosopher. Now, today uh, let us explore to uh, some extent uh, this particular phenomenon of uh, impermanence. And of course uh, the question begs itself, is there such a thing as impermanence? Or is it not you know, that everything is permanent? When we look at such formations in a superficial manner, then we might suddenly be left with the impression that formations are permanent. But inside meditation is nothing other than going a bit deeper, exploring a bit more and trying to figure out what is actually happening. The Pali term for impermanence is Anicca. And uh, this Anicca is said to be one of the three universal characteristics. The other being uh, suffering or unsatisfactoriness and Dukkha. And the third one uh, being Anatta. Namely, that formations are not identical with a self. The Pali term for permanence or for permanent is Nietzsche. The prefix A is a negative marker. When combining those two, we arrive uh, at the term Aniccia. So the term, impermanence, or the characteristic of impermanence, signifies the nature of not being permanent, of not being everlasting, of originating and dissolving, of wasting away of decaying, of fading away, of vanishing, of breaking up and undergoing transformation. The arising is certainly the beginning of impermanence, the decay its middle portion, dissolution is its end. This characteristic of impermanence is common To what? It's common to some formations and not to all. It seems like it's common to all experience. And what about the sense of a self? We carry in us that sense of self that seems so absolute. Is that permanent or impermanent? Hmm? Impermanent. Impermanent. Now, what does make you, What does uh, what causes you to make this statement? Is it a direct observation or book knowledge? Uh, a little bit of both, but uh, <coughs> I think uh, tomorrow's not too well guaranteed. So uh huh. <gasps> Indeed. Anyway. So. Uh, Formations or this uh, characteristic of fatna impermanence is common to all formations comprised in the five aggregates. The five aggregates that make up what we refer to as a personality and those five aggregates certainly consist of the aggregate of materiality, so all material formations, the aggregate of feelings, pleasant, unpleasant and neutral feelings the aggregate of perceptions, then the aggregate of volitional formations, and finally, we have the aggregate of consciousness. Now, in this certain regard, we have uh, uh, a discourse, satna from uh, the third volume of the Samyotanikaya, section 195, that satna states, what is impermanent? And the answer given is, the five categories are impermanent. In what sense are they impermanent? In In the sense of Impermanent or impermanent in the sense of rise and fall. Another discourse, also from the Samyutta Nikaya, namely its fourth volume, uh, section 28, states that all is impermanent, the physical eye with which we see is impermanent the you know, seen objects seen visible objects are impermanent and you know, seeing consciousness is also impermanent and the same thing goes for you know, the ear you know, or the you know, the hearing you know, process smelling tasting touching and knowing process So, in the discourse the discourses are full of um, passages that speak to the impermanence of formations. Now. An important uh, distinction needs to be made, namely between the thing that is impermanent and the characteristic of impermanence. The thing that is impermanent refers to formations, namely of the five aggregates which are impermanent. So they are the things that are impermanent and their inherent nature Of arising and sudden passing away, their nature of not remaining permanent, of undergoing a transformation, is the characteristic of impermanence. Now, when we look at the world around us, then impermanence should become quite clear. A flower bud appears at the end of a branch and gradually comes blossoms forth into a beautiful fragrant flower. Then, after it has matured, it withers away, falls to the ground and decomposes. Or, we can look at uh, the nature around us, when we first arrived, the aspen trees had which color? Um, kind of a fluorescent green. Yes, a light green, and now, Darker darker green, there you go. And so, in the winter time, what will happen to those aspen trees? Or Already in the fall? Turn golden. They will turn golden and stay like that forever? (laughs) Hardly. (laughs) Hardly. There you go. Now, the other day, Amy and Kathy... Prepared the most uh, delicious sushi meal So it came it was uh, sudden that Joint work of two great uh, chefs it came into existence and What happened to it? (laughs) Is it still there? It is no more and uh, Even if one has a plate full of the most delicious sushi in front of oneself, it's not going to last forever. Sooner or later, the plate is empty. Now, can you think of other events in our worldly or in our external world that you know, teach us you know, impermanence, that show us impermanence. Yes, Jackie? The color of our hair, aging of you know skin. Ah, the color of our hair, there you go. And what about our health? It that may change too. And certainly so the Buddha uh, speaks with regard certain to decay in the following words: And what, are oh retreatants? is the danger in the case of material form. Later later on, one might see a person at 80, 90, or 100 years, aged as crooked as a roof bracket, doubled up, supported by a walking stick, tottering frail, his or her youth gone, with broken teeth, grey-haired, scanty-haired, bold, wrinkled, with limbs all blotchy. <laughs> what do you think, O oh Richardians? Has this person's former beauty or physical appearance and loveliness vanished and the danger become evident?" And to this suddenly the monks replied, Yes, Venerable Sir. And the Buddha ends by saying, This is a danger in the case of material form (coughs) now we might uh, the sea, or when we look at the human existence of one being from start to finish, it is nothing but change that is occurring. So think of uh, the change that occurs from birth to death. Think of the time when you first appeared in the uterus as an almost indiscernible tiny fetus. And after birth then how change has occurred from year to year and from day to day. And when we look at it really carefully, we find that change is occurring even more frequently than this, namely from moment to moment to moment. So the thought that has come to your mind just in a moment ago is now no more. and what about the most profound experience of tranquility and happiness will it last for five hours most likely not and what about the greatest mental pain so let's say Deepness, sorrow over the loss of a person. Is this going to last forever? Fortunately, not. If there were permanence there instead of impermanence, we would suffer tremendously. Now, the Buddha uh, was keenly aware of uh, the impermanent nature of fatna formations, and he's spoken of fatna, this particular uh, phenomenon, in different ways, saying that uh, the formations of the five (coughs) aggregates are disintegrating, they are fickle, perishable, unenduring, subject to change, subject to uh, annihilation, and subject to birth, aging, illness, death, and so on. Now the worlds around us, to briefly go back to this, is there any empire when we look at certain history of the last two thousand years is there any empire that was founded long time ago that still prevails that has certain managed to withstand certain impermanence is there there's not so even empires even if at times they're extremely powerful yet sooner or later they crumble now despite of the fact that in the world around us when it comes to the formations within us even though there is nothing but change, we oftentimes still hold, tenaciously, hold on to this notion of permanence. To give you one or two examples for this, from the perspective of a child, the parents are seen as what? As permanent or as impermanent? As permanent, no. At least uh, no, no. children would have, wouldn't have any reason to think otherwise, usually. And uh, when you think of your own parents, do they last forever? Can we say they are permanent? We may want them to be permanent. If we like them a lot, and if we wish them to go on living, but Kim, is it happening? No, (laughs) it's not happening. So whatever we might be doing in term, whatever we might be, or in whatever way we might be supporting them, sooner or later, uh, our parents will become and a victim of impermanence. Because we tend to be under this wrongful perception of objects to be permanent, it takes mindfulness practice, it takes training the mind to see through this veil, apparent veil of permanence. And for this, we have to train the mind in certain ways. First, we have to make the mind stable, and uh, then and carefully observe formations to see that suddenly they are impermanent. Now, this requires the application of mindfulness and clear comprehension. and in combination with wise consideration or wise attention, Yoniso Manasikara in the Pali scriptural language. Now, if we keep observing those conditioned formations carefully, gradually, we will come uh, to see Their impermanent nature. So, what is required is that we're well established in virtue. In other words, suddenly that our bodily and uh, the verbal deeds become cultivated and um, refined that we go on to be mindful of the hindrances as they arise in the practice and we also learn to suppress certain of those hindrances with the help of concentration and that we carefully observe the very specific Characteristic or particular uh, characteristics of objects. So, in the case of arising movement, uh, to then recognize the expansion of it, and that would be one specific characteristic of the rising movement of the abdomen. In the case of footnote the falling movement, it would be the contraction of the abdomen and other sensations that go along with it. So, those who are seeing the specific or particular characteristics of objects in the Pali scriptural language is referred to as Sabawa Lakana. And that is uh, the very first approach with regard, or in the context, of getting to know formations. There are other approaches that we will gradually get to. Now, as one comes to discern physical from mental formations, one understands that these are two different categories of formations. One later on will also see. You know the causes and conditions for the arising of those formations. Now, when one carefully observes a physical phenomenon, one a physical phenomenon like a pain gradually, one will see, or at first one will see, that suddenly the pain is pretty solid, pretty compact, it does not seem to be changing, however, with a closer observation, the same pain may be seen as suddenly changing, as uh, intensifying, as de-intensifying, as moving around, and so on. And eventually as disappearing. Now, with mental states or mental objects, it's just the same thing. At first, a mental state may appear to be a rather permanent, rather solid, compact object, yet a closer investigation will soon show us or tell us that this is not the case. Now, when carefully observing one rising movement of the abdomen, at first one will see it as what? Smooth and continuous. Smooth and continuous. Uh, One will see it as continuous. This smooth part uh, 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 maybe later on. So one sees one rising movement of the abdomen as one continuous movement, but is that really um, its nature, its true nature? So, when one investigates uh, just a little bit more, soon one will see that that one rising movement consists not just of one single movement, but is composed of several uh, smaller movements, which then together make up one larger rising movement. The same thing goes for at the falling movement of the abdomen, as well as other uh, predominant objects. During the early mm, stages of one's mindfulness practice, one is likely to see the middle portion of uh, formations. Later on, one is likely to see the middle as well as the ending of formations, and yet again that later one is likely to see all three portions of an object, namely its very beginning, its middle, its end. And that suddenly applies not only to the rising and falling movement of the abdomen, but it applies to any predominant object that comes along. And so when those are three, namely beginning, middle, and end, Come to the foreground of one's investigation. Now, one then experiences what is referred to as the conditioned characteristic, Sankata Lakana, in the Pali in scriptural language. So there's a clear development from first seeing the particular or specific qualities of an object to then n- seeing the uh, condition characteristics of uh, object of, uh, of objects. And it does not end sat, n- there. One goes on n- to n- discover yet another characteristic, and this one is what? It's a characteristic of the universal characteristic of formations Um, Anicca, Dukkha, and Anatta those three and so one gradually comes to see that all formations all predominant formations are subject to Impermanence are subject to unsatisfactoriness and are subject to anatta, so uh, this non-self aspect of formations, and this in the and this is a universal characteristic, a general characteristic that applies to all conditioned formations without exception. It's the continuity of, uh, of, of objects that obscures us certain from seeing the reality of, of those formations. It's that continuity that obscures the characteristic of impermanence. Of the meditation practice, we come to when we see that certain form physical and mental formations um, occur owing to certain causes and certain conditions. With that uh, understanding the notion of some um, supreme being that gets then um, eclipsed. Also when seeing that formations are not arising in a haphazard manner, that too then helps us to understand properly. So with this sudden, then now, we further now, see, now, to some extent, that there is no permanent core now, that could be referred to as a self or I or ego. So as one keeps certain carefully observing now, formations. And one sees their impermanent character, the mind becomes increasingly equanimous about uh, uh, that impermanence. And the mind suddenly then uh, remains unshaken uh, by it. Now, retreatant who has seen the impermanence of formations in a direct manner, such retreatant by inferential knowledge will then conclude that. Objects in the past must have also been impermanent, and objects in the future to, to arise, those two will likely be impermanent in nature. So, based on what one is experiencing, based on seeing. The impermanence of presently arising objects, one then can make uh, or draw conclusions with regard to future and objects of uh, the future and the past. Now to add you know, uh, just a little bit, mm-hmm. when a retreatant uh, sees the impermanence of an object like the rising movement of the abdomen, it means that certain one sees the very arising of it, one sees the middle portion of it and so the changes that occur, and suddenly, eventually, one sees the ending of it, the dissolution of it. And so within one single rising movement, within one single falling movement of the abdomen, one might notice quite a number of changes going on in terms of the sensations involved, in terms of their intensity, in terms of the speed of the movement, and so on and so forth. And the same thing also goes suddenly for other uh, phenomena that come up in the body as well as in the mind. Now, to see the arising and then the occurrence and the ending or dissolution of an object is considered you know, to be, uh, well, uh, the f- proper you know, seeing of a nature. So this is considered to be the first of or the yeah, the first among the, the vipassana insight knowledges. As a retreatant progresses, he or she is certainly likely to and then come across different experiences. The practice keeps changing all the time. It's not the same, it doesn't stay the same. And uh, then a number of wholesome, of desirable uh, mental factors uh, are likely to arise in the stream of consciousness. And among those certain mental factors, we have uh, mental states, such as uh, illumination phenomena, such as a keen unerring knowledge, then joy, tranquility or peacefulness, and happiness, faith, strong effort, determined effort strong mindfulness and equanimity and the last one is attachment attachment however is not a wholesome mental state now when those mental states come up they tend to because they're so desirable they tend to last uh, longer retreatants like them and certain continue to and want to continue to observe them to experience them indulge in them and with that the notion what happens to the notion of impermanence that understanding of impermanence what happens to it? yes jerry It gets, that is correct, it can get undermined, it gets suddenly weakened. So one does have to be very careful not to get sidetracked by what is known as the Ten Imperfections of Insight. So one might be led to the wrongful conclusion that, after all, formations are permanent again. Which is not the case. However, the understanding of impermanence will deepen further, and this happens naturally, namely by simply continuing with one's sudden meditation practice, and 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 then retreatants are likely n- to n- see various formations that are quickly arising and quickly disappearing and this might happen even in a succession, several objects, a series of objects, one after another. Arising and the next moment disappearing. Now, seeing an object arising and suddenly disappearing, is suddenly or clearly drives home the message that these objects are impermanent and not permanent. The impermanent character of formations becomes especially clear uh, with seeing what? Among the rising, seeing an object arising, and seeing an object ending. Do you understand the impermanence of through seeing its beginning? Or do you understand impermanence of through seeing its ending? It's ending. There you go. And it is with the seeing of formations as arising, namely seeing the origination of formations, that the wrongful view of the wrongful annihilation view mm, that gets suddenly uh, dispelled. So in the course of the meditation practice, we look at the same physical and mental formations in mm, different ways, sometimes from this angle, sometimes from another angle, and yet from another angle, and every time there's something new to be discovered. Now, with this much. Of an understanding of anicca, so seeing formations as quickly arising and passing away, what do you think is suddenly um, complete? Has the com- has the complete understanding of anicca been gained? Is that it? <coughs> Would you say so? Yes? No? It takes a while for that understanding to really be embodied. Uh-huh, right, that's correct. So there's still further to uh, explore. So the understanding of foot impermanence goes even deeper than this, and this naturally happens when retreatants over time. Notice that many of or at first some and then more and more of the objects under observation do what change. they change more than this more specifically they do what when go away. they go away, there you go. So instead of saying go away, we can also say those objects are dissolving, or they're breaking up, or they are ending. And if one keeps seeing one formation after another going away, going away, passing away, then the understanding, with this, the understanding of impermanence will deepen even more. And it is that understanding of seeing formations as dissolving, continuously dissolving, that is referred to as, or considered to be the apex of thought understanding in terms of anicca. There is no further, uh, 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 more or no more uh, to be understood there. it is in the course of our meditation practice that certain we you know, our practice will keep deepening and at certain certain times the focus of our observation will again be on impermanence. So sometimes we see it here, we see it there with different objects. And eventually this aspect of impermanence becomes so predominant and is so deeply instilled in or established in the mind that it certainly then can become a door to liberation we mock Mukka and so while contemplating an object, it could be any object, the object doesn't matter, seeing its impermanent nature will then lead a retreat to the crossing over. And with this satna then nibbana will be experienced in a direct manner. So the mind the path knowledge takes nibbana as an object. So it is by contemplating impermanence, the impermanence of foot formations, that one abandons the wrongful notion of the permanence of formations. Now, for this, for this developing of uh, the contemplation of impermanence. It's important that the two pairs of controlling faculties, namely consisting of faith and wisdom, as well as the second pair consisting of effort and concentration, that these two pairs are well balanced. And it is mindfulness that ensures that balance it is also important you know, that those controlling faculties gradually mature and are directed to a single you know, purpose and in terms of effort that we maintain an effort that is neither in excess nor lacking, and certainly, so, you know, finally, that uh, uh, you know, there is constant practice. Now, the way this abandoning of permanence, of the notion uh, of permanence happens is by way of what is referred to as substitution of opposites. So the notion of the permanence of formations then gets replaced or substituted by a newly acquired uh, understanding of uh, the impermanence of formations. Now, Important in this context are three terms, namely perception, sanya, then consciousness, citta, and finally view, deity. Not understanding the impermanence of formations, we will hold on to the perception of permanence. And that kind of a perception is referred to as a distorted perception. Now, if that distorted perception of permanence does not get challenged, does not get um, rectified, then, if it keeps occurring again and again and again, then it leads to a distortion of our consciousness. Citta vipalasa in the Pali you know, scriptural language. And if that distortion of consciousness, namely assuming you know, that certain, uh, there's permanency, mm, if that does not get sattna rectified, then it will influence our uh, views and sudden it will lead to what is known as a distortion of views, Deity vipalasa in the Pali scriptural language. And so it is uh, through a really detailed, careful, and uh, diligent and, and penetrative obs- observation of you know, the conditioned formations time and again, that gradually we come to see you know, impermanence and that then will lead to um, you know, the perception of impermanence, sanya and if that prevails, yeah, then it will lead to rectification of consciousness. So there will be you know, the anicca co- uh, consciousness of impermanence, when he's conscious of uh, impermanence, and that in turn you know, will lead to a right view, namely that of the existence of impermanence. Now, when we look at certain impermanence in a general way, then we can say that the change is necessary. When it comes to our own lives, changes also not necessary when it comes to the lives of others. it's necessary you know, when it comes to the world at large. Just imagine um, if your mind is filled with unwholesome mental states like greed and anger and delusion and so Uh, permanence would prevail forever then you would be stuck with that greed hatred and delusion no more change is possible and so that's obviously a pretty bleak outlook so impermanence allows sudden for change in different directions And since the world keeps changing, it's necessary that we have this capacity to adjust to those certain changes. If you look at a society, any society, would it be correct to say that a society is something permanent? The value system of a society is fixed once and forever? The next one thousand years? Not. And as time passes, people people's ideas, people's certain needs and aspirations will you know, change, and um, accordingly uh, changes have to changes in society have to you know, take place. Society is something that undergoes changes all the time, day by day, week by week, month by month. If you look at certain our modern society as we experience it um, uh, these days, and you compare this to maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, uh, obviously. Uh, plenty of changes will be there, differences, big differences, uh, will be there. Now, when change occurs, is this always uh, Uh, agreeable? Always desirable? Pleasant? Ultimately not. Would you have an example for a case where change is painful? A child passes away. A child passes away? Yes indeed, Deborah. Correct mm. and some in terms of a society that let's say, let's take Nepal as an example. So Until the beginning of last year, 2015, most of the citizens of Nepal were under the impression that life goes on quite nicely, things are evolving uh, quite nicely. Their lives seemed pretty stable. And then what happened? April 25th, there was a huge earthquake and another one on May 12th and ever since hundreds literally over uh, literally hundreds of earthquakes over 400 um, smaller earthquakes since only counting those about above four on the Richter scale and so these two major earthquakes, plus suddenly the subsequent sudden tremors, have caused so much devastation. Approximately seven hundred thousand buildings were damaged or destroyed, and uh, people's lives have been uh, badly affected. Around nine thousand people got killed, and uh, the education system in Wango there was. Badly uh, damaged, the health system was badly affected, etc. All of this shows you how a uh, change, and in this case a pretty sudden change, can be extremely painful. And what is suddenly uh, required here uh, for us that we learn to see the change, impermanence, as part of our uh, world, as part of our human existence, and learn to accept it, and learn to live with it, to be equanimous about it. And to keep in mind, that sudden change may occur in different ways. It can be towards the worse, but it could also be towards sudden uh, the betterment. Now, on one occasion, I'm not quite sure whether I read that somewhere or heard uh, uh, this. Uh, um, namely, on one occasion there was um, a successful entrepreneur so an uh, owner of a factory a person who had just set up a brand new factory and maybe a month later or so there's you know, some uh, incident that was there and the whole factory got burned down now the owner the male owner informed his wife and his wife Fatna was all uh, upset, as you can imagine. However, the husband looked at it from a totally different point of view. He said, Never mind, actually, this is an opportunity to start again and to avoid the mistakes made in first setting up the factory. So he was okay with it. And so Just to give you this as an example, that change can be seen, or our relationship to change can occur in, in, can happen in different ways. Allow me to conclude our Dhamma talk on the contemplation of impermanence by wishing, may you deeply see this impermanence of formations, may you investigate it more and more and to learn uh, to accept it, learn uh, to live with it, to appreciate it uh, even and in possibly contemplating the impermanence of this or that certain formation, then cross over from the mundane from mundane consciousness to super mundane consciousness which Shatna takes uh, Nibbana as an object and uh, may this hopefully happen during this very retreat here and uh, 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 in the Taoski Valley and this is it for now <coughs> Do you have any questions? It's okay. (coughs) If not then, uh, then not.